That's great. Uh, the voice of Marilyn Mike, and of course the play hurts to A.J. Brown. It happened a lot this year, and that was the record-setting play. And, John, you know we love talking to Mike Quick every Tuesday at this time. Brought to you by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, official app of the Real Philly Fan. Download now at betparks.com. You must be 21 and in PA or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. And we welcome the very gracious. You know, some people don't like to have their records break broken. Some people say, oh, it's all good. It's all good. Mr. Mike Quick. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, gentlemen. How are you today? Good, pal. Mike, you were, you were, a, you were a, a fine gentleman the way you handed that baton over to – I mean, granted, he kind of took it from you, but you said <laughs> – <laughs> took him the extra game, Mike. Well, records are made to be broken. Yeah. And, uh, gosh, I've enjoyed watching this guy so much this year. I didn't realize when – how he decided to make that move exactly what we were getting. Of course, I'd seen him play from afar, but I just didn't realize he was as good as he is. And it has been a lot of fun watching him. I see both of these receivers. I really like these guys. They, they It's different skill sets, but they are two fantastic wide receivers. You know, they're a great complement to each other, Mike. And yes. John, John yes. and I were sort of – we just kind of drifted into a conversation yesterday about Devontae Smith. I mean, for year two – he looks like, Mike, he is going to have a tremendous NFL career. I just think he's so smart um, as a wide receiver. You know, the, not just he has the moves to get in and out of routes and all of that stuff, but he understands where guys are on the field defensively, knows how to maneuver around people. Um, and I remember even when he was at Alabama, when he caught balls many times, and someone mentioned this earlier, that he would tap both feet in bounds. You know, they play on Saturday, but he was already prepping for Sunday when he got to the National Football League, making sure you had both feet down when you caught the ball. And he's made some catches this year that you just don't see many people have the ability to make. Yeah, it was awesome to see all season long. You know, we got into some trouble in this last game against the Giants, Mike, when the Giants decided to heat up our passing game a little bit. Uh, sending yes. sending blitzers. Uh, can the teams we face in the playoffs do that to us if Jalen is right? Oh, they will do that. They they saw what the Giants were able to do when they blitz and Wink Martindale, their D coordinator, that's what he loves to do. He's going to send heat. And even when he doesn't have the most talented guys on the back end of his defense, he's going to heat you up and just see what you're made of. And the Eagles know this going into games, and they just, they're going to have to make sure that they're ready for it. Getting the ball out quickly with Jalen yeah. and making the protection a little bit different than it was on Sunday. Because, it. yeah, John, teams are going to try and heat them up. So I was a little bit concerned that the pass offense looked oversimplified at times uh, in terms of hot routes and site adjustments? Do, does it feel yeah. like we need to do more there in order to be competitive in the postseason when teams do blitz us? Well, I think it starts with up front making sure that everybody's like on the right page, on the same page when they're sending all these exotic blitzes. And um, and then it begins. Then you go to the site adjustments. And you know, there's always a progression off of all that you do when a team's able to stop it or show you the reason why you have to come up with something else. You have a counter move. And I think, yes, they have to get into 
the counter move. Yeah. Because throwing that throwing that quick screen out is not always the answer because teams are going to expect that and they're going to charge the quick screen and throw you for a loss or make a quick sack or even worse, intercept the football. Why is it that our O-line has looked so bad at blitz pickup? Well, they're designed to cause confusion. Yeah. And the the really good coordinators, they're able to do that. They, you know, they show you these blitzes that from all different angles and then, nope, it's not coming from there. It's coming from over here. Or these two guys are not coming. They're actually dropping in coverage. And this guy's coming that you're not expecting. And that's what they do. They cause confusion. And there's not always an answer. So you have to have hot routes. You have to have some escape when you don't have all the answers. Mike Quick with us here. Mike, let's big picture this here. A lot of talk today about whether the conversation yesterday was too negative. A lot of people were negative yesterday. How do you feel about the Eagles' chances in the playoffs, and how does that compare to how you felt a month ago? Um, A month ago, I felt really good about uh, their prospects. And still today, I feel really good about where this team is and where this team can possibly go. You feel less good? Really you, you, good you feel less good, though, than a month ago? Not really. It's a really wow. good football team. And I just think that this team has all that they need to be successful and then to be in the Super Bowl. Then it's just a matter of who do they play and how did they get there. You know, this next game is going to be so important, you know, who they get in this next game the playoff when they have to play in the playoffs, sure and and how well they're able to handle that team well let's get into that mike so seattle could win and the eagles would play them giants could win and the eagles would likely play them but let's just say those two teams don't win who would you prefer to see the not going to win seattle's not going to win i agree giants giants might win but let's say seattle could win yeah they could let's just say the giants don't seattle doesn't though just for the sake of what would be your preference, Bucks or, or Cowboys, and why? I mean, which, which is which gives the Eagles the better chance to win, and which is the game that you would be more, you know, as a alum, more emotionally charged up for? So I think that I think they would have a better chance of beating Tampa Bay uh, for a lot of reasons. I think that's that, but I would rather see them play the Cowboys and beat the Cowboys. I just think there's just just so much more yep. to playing the Cowboys. It just there's so much. I mean, this thing is heightened so much if Dallas is coming to Philadelphia to play um, to get to the championship game, and I would love to see that because I think in the third game um, the Eagles will beat the Cowboys. And so by the, the way, and by the way, Mike, you were in that game when Tony Dorsett wiggled the football at uh, Wes Hopkins, right? Taunting him. Remember when Tony went into the end zone for a touchdown? Is wiggling. I do. The- and, and I do remember. <laughs> and so I hear you. That's that's your Eagles heart saying, I'd rather beat the Cowboys than beat the Bucs. Well, and, until just a fan of good football, I would rather see those teams play. I think it would be a great game. And when the Eagles lost to Dallas, they didn't have their quarterback. When the Eagles beat Dallas, Dallas didn't have their quarterback. So now both quarterbacks healthy. Uh, you don't have a that as an out. And go head-to-head, and the best team wins. I hope it comes down to that because I believe that the Eagles can beat Dallas in Philadelphia. 
Mike, let's talk about our defense. How much better is our pass coverage with C.J. Gardner-Johnson playing in the slot? Way better. <laughs> like, way better. Um, and it's going to be even better if Avante Maddox is able to come back. I just think he makes a big difference in the secondary. He makes a huge difference. He allows Jonathan Gannon to do more, um, be a little more exotic, uh, take a few more chances because he's so good. I think both these guys on the inside of that defense make a huge difference. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you can do so many things with him. Um, if you watch it, he's had such a thick lower body, and he's strong. He can get down in the box. Uh, he's a great blitzer, and he can cover almost anybody. You know, he yeah. said a couple of years ago that he was the best slot corner in the National Football League. Now, that's him talking because he <laughs> thinks a lot of himself. Yeah. But, but he's really good. Well, that's – yeah, that's good to hear. I agree. It's it's a lot better than Josiah Scott. Uh, yes. Why did the sack production fall off against Davis, Davis Webb this last week? I thought Davis Webb played really, really well. There are a couple of sacks that um, the Eagles had a chance to get. But the fact that he's such a good athlete, and I didn't know that he was such a, the athlete that he proved to be, um, he was able to get out of situations. I thought Hassan Riddick had a couple of opportunities to sack him, but because of Webb's ability to get out of harm's way, I, I thought, you know, I give credit to the other side probably when a lot of people don't. I thought Webb was really good in the game. I think he's a really good backup quarterback and – probably should be their second quarterback. I think he's that good. Wow. So the Giants I think if he goes to when he goes to the practice squad of the Giants, I wouldn't be surprised if teams go and pick him from their practice squad based on the game that he played against the Eagles. Oh, hmm. interesting. The Giants uh their offense with with the backups out there, they racked up 129 yards on the ground. How big a problem is that as you see it? Uh, I just think that once you get into it, when guys are, I think that the defensive guys, and I think it's a natural thing, they, they didn't play their best game. But I, I think in a, a more heightened situation where the game means a whole lot, I, mm -hmm. I think you I think you see a different effort than a better brand of football. I just believe that. I don't think that they were so concerned about how great the Giants were going to play they really just wanted to get through and win the game, knowing that they're a better football team. I don't think you saw the best of this team against the Giants. Mike Quick here with us. Hey, Mike, which injury concerns you more for the postseason, Jalen Hurts's or Lane Johnson's? Uh, Lane Johnson, because Lane's not going to be able to play. I think Jalen's going to be just fine. Um, I, I think this team is so much better when Lane Johnson's on the offensive line. You don't really have to worry about the right side when Lane Johnson's uh, on the on the offensive line, you think he, you think he won't. A little more you think he won't play. I'm hoping he plays. I have no idea whether he plays or not, yep. but I'm, I'm hoping he plays because they're a better football team. They're clearly a better football no team. No question. I spend yeah. a lot more time watching. I spend a lot more time watching that right side of the offensive line because I'm concerned about what may happen there. And, Mike, let's just do a quick AFC check-in here because, you know, three playoff games this weekend. Um, 
First off, your reaction to Doug making the playoffs. What did you think of it? I was very excited for Doug, and I had to send him a message just to let him know that I was watching, and I'm happy for him that uh, they get into the postseason. Did he write you back and say uh, your record was broken? <laughs> no, that's not what he said. We no. won't get into I'm that. playing with him, Mike. And what about uh, intriguing matchup, the, uh, the Ravens and Bengals? I mean, hopefully Lamar plays. It makes it a lot, a lot more intriguing if he does. What do you make of that one? Yeah, if he doesn't play, I don't think they have a chance. Uh, but if Lamar plays, then it's a game that you want to watch because I think it's a good game and it's a, a really good matchup if he plays. But I like Cincinnati, and they are strong. I mean, they, they are playing good football at the right time. Yeah, they're playing really good. And then Dolphins-Bills, I mean, it, you know, Miami's falling off. They had a great year for a yeah. while, and then they just completely collapsed. Yeah, you know, that's a team that you want to see everyone playing well at in the end of December or January, but that's a team that's going the opposite direction. And I don't, I don't think Buffalo will have a tough time with them. Yep. Hey Mike, awesome stuff, man. We look forward to talking to you when the, uh, when the playoffs crank up, obviously next week when be, you know, before the Eagles first game. So it'll be good stuff. And uh, as always, Mike, thanks for being a big part of the show. Thanks pal. Thanks guys. All right, there he is. Mike quick. All right, let's talk to, uh, to Ben in Millville right now. Hello, Ben. Joseph, how you doing? Sleeping well? You know, it's interesting you say that. I'm sleeping great. And tonight, I was going to bring this up later, but I'll just address it right now. Tonight, I am going to do a sleep study. So I received yesterday in the mail, doctor's office sent it to me. It's like, I don't know what you'd call it, like a kit or something. And you hook yourself up to it and uh, you sleep and it monitors something in there. And then you mail it back and then you get the results of the sleep study. So I'm I'm taking this move to the mornings very serious, trying to be as prepared as I can, and a sleep study is something the doctor wants to get done, so we're doing it. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, uh, internally, does uh, uh, James Aritzi have a uh, over under of how uh, when you miss a uh, the opening monologue at right at six a.m. So my goal is one and a half a year. I, I think over under is of one and a half times being late. And if I'm if I'm less than one and a half, I'll consider that successful. Like if I show up at seven thirty one time in one year, I'll consider that a good year. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to hear the reactions. I mean, By the way, I'm just, for. I'm just. Um, I know that, that, that's like lowering expectations for a presidential debate. Like, ah, I won't really be good at a debate. You lower expectations, and then obviously you exceed the expectations, and you you look like the hero. That's that's that strategy. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You in that uh, political run? You know, <laughs> I, I I am in a political position right now. I am an go. elected city official. Oh, good man. Uh, and I'm 27 years old, so I'm starting young. Who knows how long I'll be. But uh... sure. Joe doesn't believe in starting <laughs> until he runs for president. Well, yeah, no, like no. In, I was in start... the 40s? Well, he already in no, his 40s. No, in the 40s. Not my 40s. In the 40s. Yeah, he's talking about like when he's 60. Yeah, the 2040s. Fresh, <laughs> yeah, that's, just that's what we need, more old people president. in politics. Exactly right. We got wisdom. Remember that. A lot of, <laughs> lot of wisdom. With the, yeah. No yeah, experience, no new ideas. but lots of wisdom. <laughs> All right, Ben, what do, you, what do you got on the Eagles, man? <laughs> Eagles, I think they're really going to pull it together. You know, they're going to use this time off. As Brandon Graham said uh, in the morning, you know, Nick's still keeping them in a routine. They're, they're, they're practicing. They're, they're, they're going to have their rest. They're going to have their re- relaxation. But Nick's still staying on top of them and getting them in the motion. You know, maybe not like, you know, obviously they do have, that bye week and they're going to pay attention but uh 
I think it'll do them well. I think they're going to get their heads on straight or more straight, and uh, they're going to look like the team that we know they can be. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, I'd rather play Tampa Bay than Dallas because when we lose to Dallas, it gets ugly around here. It does. Uh, That's that so is a worry. That would be a disaster. I'd rather I'd, if, if, if you know if you had to pick a loss, you know. I'd rather lose to Tampa Bay because then we don't hear about it because nobody really is a Tampa Bay fan. <laughs> That's true. But, uh, <laughs> ben, give me a great answer, man. What's a joke? What's a joke? The NBA regular season. You know, that's a pretty good answer right there. It's it's not that's not bad. I mean, it's uh, it's a long and winding road, and the players don't don't fully care. I mean, is, is no, that a don't. good good summation? Mm-hmm. By the way, did you guys see what Kevin Durant said the other day? Let me dig this up real quick. So Durant said, and by the way, Durant then got injured a day or two later. He's out for a month. So this will open up some possibilities for the Sixers from a seeding standpoint because, you know, the Nets were in the clumping of the best teams. And they really had played great lately. And Durant's been an MVP candidate, but he's now going to miss, it looks like a month minimum. Um, but on, the, on fans, here's what Kevin Durant said about fans the other day. He said, fans have become more entitled than anything. So they're starting to question our motives for the game or how we approach the game. The ones that do question, like, who are you? Just shut up and watch the game tonight. We go as hard. You ready for this line? You ready for this line? You ready for this line? We go as hard as we want to go. We go as hard as our bodies allow us to go at this point. Two different sentences and two completely different meanings. The second sentence, we go as hard as our bodies allow us to go at this point, is what they think. The line, we go as hard as we want to go, while true, is a disgrace. Yeah, John, right? I mean, does that not sum up a lot of the, the, the divide between America and NBA players? Because what we know is they could go harder. When a player sits out for rest, he could play. He chooses not to. So let's not act like you go as hard as your body says you can go because that's just factually inaccurate. Just totally inaccurate. Right? Your body can do amazing things, and I don't think they push themselves to do those amazing things a lot of times in the NBA. The thing is, though, in all these professional sports, it seems like they are pushing less and less. Well, of course they're pushing less and less. There's no question they are. And by the way, he went on, and he did have some valid points about how you know, there's a lot of stuff that fans don't see. And, again, valid points about the travel and, you know, you're sleeping in all these hotel rooms. Like, it's like you're moving around a lot. You're in the plane. You're trying to sleep on a plane. Like, all of that is true, okay? But let's not act like generations gone by didn't have that. Let's not act like the travel wasn't worse back in the day when you're on a bus for freaking six hours. You know, I mean, it, this, this is, this, I mean, for the love of God. So, anyway, you know, Durant being Durant. Let's go to Ken right now in South Jersey. Hi, Ken. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Great, Ken. Uh, as, you know, as far as By the, the way, Eagles Ken, are... I just want to announce to everybody, today with the show, I'm going to go as hard as I want to go. Whatever, sure. I don't know what that means. I think that's the right amount. I'm going to go as hard as, as I hard want as to as go. As hard as your body lets you go? <laughs> as hard as my mind thinks my body can go. Go as hard as you can go without pulling your groin, Joe. How about that? <laughs> exactly right. Yep. Um, you know, I, I tend to agree with you, Joe, that uh, I think we're being a little bit too negative on the Eagles. Um, and I, I think, you know, there's some perspective that's required in a 17-game season. Um, so, yeah, I, I would rather play uh, 
Tampa, actually rather play Dallas than Tampa Bay for the sole reason that uh, the Dallas Cowboys don't have Tom Brady and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do. So mm-hmm. I just don't want to see that guy if we don't have to. It doesn't matter what the record is. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, even with a defense that has, has ranked as highly as the Eagles defense has in so many categories this year, um, they still do uh, struggle against top-flight quarterbacks. And it's it's fair to say that Tom Brady's uh, – a top-flight quarterback. Well, so. so is I don't know. I don't know if it is fair to say that. It, it's it's certain that he has always, you know, he had been. Um, I don't know that he still is. I, I tend to think he's not. But I will agree with your initial point. Brady scares me more than Dak. Well, let me give you a Brady stat that might surprise you. Okay. Um, he has thrown for at least twenty-five touchdown passes uh, in fourteen of the last seventeen seasons, sure. including this season. Yeah, that doesn't, so, doesn't surprise and, me at all. And he set a record for completions this year in the NFL, breaking his own record from last year for completions in the NFL. Now, part of that's because they can't run the football. Yeah, but um, they also dump uh, it awful. They dump it awful lot, you know. So I'd be interested to know his yards per per, per reception, you know, per uh, attempt or whatever. But um, look, he's still. He, I think he's still good. I don't think he's truly exceptional, but um, he does scare me. I'll admit that. Give me a great answer, Ken. What's a joke? Uh, I think this is the winning answer. I, I This has been a joke to me for as long as I can remember. Uh, Major League Strike Zone. You know, that's a pretty good answer. It's a very good answer. Yeah, the strike zone. I think it's too uh, – I think the high is too low. I mean, the fact that the belly button is a ball – is you know I mean James don't they usually say it's basically well, it's supposed to be the letters yeah right but I mean the, basically it's called the waist called it the waist oftentimes yeah and look it's all it's also you know dependent upon the umpire you have behind the plate yeah yeah well I mean when we've been down this road a million times and as long as you have a human umpire you're always going to have different strike zones I favor the human umpire but I know a lot of people don't by the way they John can fix it they should fix yeah, it they yeah. have the technology to give him some help. Well, don't just I'm, don't replace them. You're not going to have a robot sitting out there. You'll have a little earpiece. All right, tell me if you agree with this. A bigger joke than the baseball strike zone, specific, is that a batter can squat down to make the scru- strike zone smaller. Well, it's the same thing. The baseball strike zone. It is, but do okay. But do you, I think it's all part of the do discussion. You, do and you his think? Point is it's it's this the whole. Do you thing. think that should be permitted? course i think you could do whatever you, whatever if you want to you have to bat that way right you'd still be able to hit a baseball yeah but hold on all right so john, that's why marsh down, you're, you're wait hold away, on he does. i'm gonna take the headphones off john look at me look at me if i do this be careful but Joey, that's your yourself. own but not just that it's also hurt. yeah you're gonna he's, hurt yourself he's gonna he's tweak squatted. your groin i'm shocked you made it back up but the point is like you still have to hit a baseball joe like yes it is like you could are you going up i guess this I is just you went so down you're just going up to try and walk yes. every time you get to the plate yeah i just made a strike zone there's probably three control. three if inches you can't swing a bat they will throw strikes on your low strike zone like these got a lot of these guys have not what i just control. did what i just did I just got in a squat position. I did. There would be there would be four balls before there'd be three strikes. No that, one, unlike you, Joe, baseball batters not going up there saying, "I don't ever want to get a hit. I just want to walk every time." Yeah. No one thinks yeah. that way but you, Joe. You're the only That's one. That's true. Yeah, it's all right. What are we gonna do? Is that why Brandon Marsh stands the way that he does? Because he is 
low. I don't know. I mean, it's probably why Strangely Pete Rose, low. Pete Rose, and Ricky Henderson really, really. Yeah, Ricky Henderson's the one that sticks out. <laughs> they got really low, man. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We go inside the game coming up, John, with a look back at the last game and what it means for the Eagles' road up ahead. That plus all the calls. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. Well, it was bye-bye, but it was also hello recently for the Phils. And we'll get to inside the game this segment. But, John, obviously we were, you know, heavy on the Eagles yesterday and had been for the first 90 minutes of today's show. But we would be remiss if we did not mention not one but two acquisitions by the Phillies in the last, I guess it's two weeks, one of which happened over the weekend, with the Phils getting um, two-time all-star relief pitcher Gregory Soto from the Tigers and in the process saying bye-bye to Matt Vierling and others. Uh, surprising move, one that is getting a lot of pub for – listen, we, we saw where the season ended. It ended with Alvarado on the mound, and you know, essentially. And, and it ended in part with him on the mound in that spot because the Phillies really only had one lefty reliever they trusted in the playoffs, and – Rob Thompson said, this is when I want to use him. In this, in this moment against this batter, that batter obviously being uh, Alvarez from the, from the Astros, and he had a 400-foot you know, homer or 450, whatever it was, and that was basically the end of the season. Well, this gives the Phils another lefty out of the bullpen, by, by the way, John. Bye-bye to Brad Hand, who we already knew was bye-bye. Right. But this gives you a second guy. By the way, they also got – we haven't covered this yet. Over the, over the Christmas break, they got Kimbrell. So they they have <laughs> this bullpen. They've really is added to the bullpen here looking. now, guys. So pretty pretty cool. I thought it was amazing that uh, Soto his uh, his average fastball last year was just a tick under ninety nine miles an hour, ninety eighth so, percentile fastball. Yeah. Wow. So now you got him and Alvarado. Did you see the stat about there. those two? What's that? Eighty one percent of a hundred mile or more mile per hour fastballs thrown by left-handers last year was by Soto and Alvarado. Wow. 81%. Well, now listen, anyone listening saying, well, here's the thing. So anyone listening right now that doesn't know a ton about Soto will say, awesome. And you say, but what's the catch? And the catch is, as it usually is with these types of things, a certain degree of wildness. Yeah. So but that's, look, what, that's what look you're what trying they to did manage. with Alvarado. I know. You, know, you assume that, that your development guys can do that. And, and this dude's, Nasty, like he. I can't. I, I'm shocked they got him for Veerling and Maton and and Sands minor league. Like shocked. I can't. I I think this was a home run trade. This guy. I mean, this is a guy who could be pitching the eighth or ninth inning of the World Series for you. Like he's that good. He is right there. Alvarado, Sir Anthony Soto, your three most talented relievers. Like dudes, awesome. James, when this deal happened, I thought of you. I didn't text you, but I thought of you, knowing that you were probably geeking out. Geeking. Yeah. Big time geeking. What yeah. do you make of Kimbrel? I mean, it's like three years, John, after we got to get Kimbrell. Now he's so, you know, I'm older big, and less I'm effective. I'm big in baseball. There's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. Yep. 10 mil for Kimbrell is is testing that theory. It's fine. He's fine. You know, I, I he's fine. So tell me if this is a fair summation from your mind. You'd rather have him than who normally would be a 25th guy on a roster, or, you know, one, one of the last two guys in a bullpen, but only – if John Middleton's willing to keep spending, if he's going to give $10 million to Kimbrell, just keep going. But if this is going to prevent them from getting someone else, you wouldn't be happy with it. Yeah, is that fair? I guess so. I, I don't think it's one or the other. I think they were going to spend this much money on a guy like this to begin with, and they just chose Kimbrell because Dombrowski knows him and all that. 
I just don't love Kimbrough at this point in his career. You know, he's he's not sure. the pitcher he used to be. My worry is that they're gonna they're gonna have him as the closer. That's my concern. If I had to bet, I'll bet he's your opening day closer, and he's like the sixth best pitcher in the bullpen or fifth best pitcher in the bullpen. Well, they're active, and John, they continue to go for it, man. It's um, it is pretty cool. It it really is. And as far as uh, Veerling goes. He did a, I'll call it a fine job, just you know, hanging in there. Obviously, not a great player. I wouldn't even yeah, call but him. We didn't trust. Not him. a good player. Just, no, just I didn't feel great when he was up in critical moments. Yeah. And and yeah, he had uh, he could move and he made some plays he out did. there for us in, in the outfield. But and he stabilized center field. I'll just say this: center field went from being a wasteland to not a wasteland during the period where he was the starter. Then, obviously, Marsh came in and, and Veerling pretty much, for the most part, went to the band. Well, situational player. I, mean, I guess it was a platoon. But, obviously, he didn't play that much, being the, the righty against left-handed pitchers. So, appreciate his contributions. But, you know, you're ready to turn the page and bigger and better. And I, I think that's the idea here with the Phil. It's pretty exciting. By the way, they go to spring training in – how about this? They go to spring training next month. I don't know what day it is. I don't know if it's like 40 days from now or – 35 days from now or something, but the Phillies are in spring training next month. So this thing's happening. Uh, and uh, anyway, if you want to comment on the Phillies and their offseason, please do 215-592-9494. That in addition to all the Eagles conversation, we'll get to inside the game. John taking us inside the X's and O's shortly. Let's go to Chris in Middletown right now. Hi, Chris. John. Chris. James. Christopher. There you are. Muppet Weasel. Hey, Chrissy. How are you, buddy? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. To you as well. I, I would have said that to you on Friday, but, you know, you didn't come to work. That's correct. So, you know, That's you right. know, like typical part-timer you are. It happens. I'm going to try. Can we have it happen more often, though? It was kind of a nice day. Oh, I would love to have it more happen more often. Yeah. yeah be so. The rare gonna, everybody's it, happy. <laughs> the win-win. Yeah. The win-win. Remember, James, it's better than a snow day and a birthday when Joe is not there. <laughs> You're brutal, man. All right, what do you <laughs> so, got, Chris? Uh, real quick on the fills. Um, I, I disagree with you. I don't think they're going to set Kimbrel up for closer. The closer. I think they're going to go with Broom and Kimbrel, or not Kimbrel. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Sir Anthony. Well, that's what I would think. I was surprised James said that. I I would be shocked if Sir Anthony's not the closer. Yeah, I think they brought Kimball in. He, he's a he's a veteran right-hander. I, I, I'm with James. I, I don't like it. He's like another guy we're going to overpay and get him like two or three years beyond when we should have got him. But extremely happy with the Soto pick, so like like that trade. Yep. Uh, moving on to the birds, a couple of things. One, we need no play slay to show up because that guy hasn't made a pick since like mid-October. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's but it's just to be clear, it hasn't been big play, but it hasn't it hasn't been no play. I mean, he's still a very effective cover corner. He's just not making what you'd call the big play. The ball went through his hands. I like get, twice. I, I get it. I get it. So, uh, you know, I I need him to step up. I need him to, and hopefully he does. I think he's got that mentality that like. We were just talking about this. I think he kind of like loafs a little like some of the NBA players, but then he turns it on when he wants to turn it on. So I'm I'm hoping, hey, playoffs. I have not seen in. I have not seen that for what it's worth. I I'm guessing. I'm trying to talk myself into feeling better about him because I'm aggravated with him lately. Yep. Um as far as the team that I want to play, I want to play the Bucks. I want to play the Bucks and I want to send Crybaby Brady out the door. He and his deflated balls get sent home, and I want his career to end in shame. 
<laughs> just well, I don't think his sorry. career is going to end this season. I think he's going to probably keep playing. But uh, I but to end I at our hands, him, though, John. Yeah, I and I I feel pretty confident that we could uh, we could hand him that loss and that he would feel shame uh, and then come back next year and try again, probably with a different team. Uh, I I feel as though playing the Bucks is an easier route for us, and I am. I'm sort of anticipating that. I mean, I, I, and I appreciate like the way it rounds into, Hey, we get to redeem ourselves from last year's debacle in the postseason. I, I think this is a, a positive, a very likely outcome for this Eagles team. Right, Chris, give me a great answer, man. What's a joke. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what my joke is and I'm going to ask a question around it and hang up. And I'm curious to see what John's take on this and what other young players, the biggest joke for me is the million and one college bowl games and how you could be six and six and you go to these bowl games that are just completely meaningless. I don't even watch them anymore. Yeah. And I'm, my question to John is I know the athletes are going to play because it's a game. So they want to win it, but do they really give a crap about this no nonsense bowl game or do they really actually get excited because they want to win that particular bowl game stroke? Good so. question. I think I think bowl games are awesome. I think it's a reward for what you know is a positive season. You know, when, when if you qualify for a bowl, everyone on that team wants to be at that bowl. They want to play. You get all sorts of uh, great memories out of it, and camaraderie, and some pretty sweet swag too. But but wouldn't you agree, John? And and you could be right. The players might think that. But would you agree with this statement? The increase in bowls has diminished bowl season. That when a 6 and 6 team plays, it just it's just it's just a bunch of noise and it takes away the focus from when an 8 and 4 or a 9 and 3 team plays and it just clutters think, it up. I think the qualification has always been 6 wins. But they didn't and, used to make it as often. They I don't know right. what the numbers used to. When you were playing I think and before six. there were but there were less games. Okay. My point is more more venues, more cities created games, so more 6 and 6 teams got let in. I like the the excitement, the pageantry that goes with it. I, I do think some of the, the names of these bowls have gotten way out of hand. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think the more the merrier. I, I really do appreciate it. And I think that the players appreciate the opportunity, even if they don't have the greatest season, to still be able to be yep. rewarded when it's all said and done. Except for the guys who are going to be first-round picks, and they're like, uh, I'm, I'm outie. Sometimes. I, I ain't playing in this. Yeah. Most I'm, times these days. No. I'm, I'm out of this. Um, so, John, I have in my uh, hand a photograph. Um, so, you guys know I, you know, I subscribe to People Magazine, a little swag mag action, and uh, I get a daily email from People Magazine on the on the the comings and goings of celebrities. You know Ooh. what's what's going on. So, or John, celebs as Richie loves. Or it celebs, uh, John. I've got a photograph here. If you would look at this, sir, of uh, a, a kissing duo. Um, so this is confirmation of something that had been rumored. But uh, there's been some denials. No, they're not really going out. I have in my hand a photograph of Michael Jordan's son kissing Scottie uh-huh. Pippen's former wife. Wow. It's just astounding, man. It How long has that been going on now? I mean, they're, they're, like a couple months. Well, it was no, solid. It, yeah, it was rumored back in the summer. and uh, But there were, had been some denials. You know, no, Pippen's wife, you know, former wife isn't going out with Jordan's man. son. Like they're going out. 
He knew her. Like, you think about, like, he's around the team. She's an adult. He's a kid. That's a lot of weirdness with this. I mean, 96 Bulls. It's going to be the 30-year reunion coming up in three years. Oh. So. Fist fight coming? I mean, let me ask you this question, John. Do, do you think J- Scotty and Michael will have a friendship again? No. no. I agree. It's done. <laughs> it's way done. That's yeah, a shame. Like, That's a sh- it makes me sad. As, it seems as like a sports he was already fan, heading that way with all the Scotty stuff. You know, like we know that Scotty wasn't as as close a friend as I think it seemed Correct. initially. And I think this is like a nail in the coffin. But I mean, guy's son going with guy's former That's wife. What I, mean. I mean, that is holy, whoa. That is a big whoa. Or as Joey Lawrence would say, whoa, whoa. All right, let's do. My <laughs> wife and I do that like. <laughs> Ten times a week. Too, Let's go inside the game as we do every Tuesday at this time. A little X's and O's look. John taking us inside something related to the Eagles and Giants and what it means moving forward. Mr. Richie. Our offense's biggest weakness is pass protection. Let's pick up our starters. Got dom- I was shocked watching that game again. Our starters were dominated by New York's backups when they chose to blitz. And that is crazy. Just unblocked guys having free hits on our injured quarterback. Uh, play action protection, we're, we're pretty solid because the O-line's essentially run blocking. We know the RPO stuff, they're solid because they're run blocking. But when we're pass protecting, it looks like we're missing obvious calls against these blitz looks. And I just don't understand why. J- Jack Driscoll. We know he gets bull rushed. He gets overpowered. He also loses his man because he doesn't have a punch that gets through consistently and the defender can edge him. But Jordan Maialata, he just doesn't look right this year and, and less athletic this year for some reason. And he can get outrun uh, around the edge. And, and sometimes he'll get beaten with the karate stuff and the spins back inside. And our guards don't always swap off the stunts and twists effectively. They're maulers and great run blockers. They don't always look competent with the finesse stuff when it comes to the passing game. But more than anything against the Giants, we got out-schemed. We got out-schemed by their defensive coordinator. And those Giants backups were running free and unblocked on their way to to Jalen. Their fourth cornerback, the Giants' fourth cornerback, looked like a world beater Mm. because we didn't even pick him up. You know, maybe – it's because we're not accustomed to having to do standard pass pro and we're out of practice and we're out of our element. But I think a major factor is we don't get blitzed much because Jalen defeats blitzes with his legs and then gashes the second level as defenders are running in man coverage. The Giants could see he wasn't planning to run. And so yeah. they sent guys, and he was a sitting duck. And I felt sympathy for him at times, especially at the end of the second second quarter. Uh so many mental errors by the O-line, which is uncharacteristic. Uh, the, I, I brought up the fact that we don't have the hot routes built in. We don't have the sight adjustments built in. Y- you got to break your route off and look for the ball when the blitz is coming, and guys aren't even looking for that. Uh, now that this is on film, you better believe whoever we face is going to be confident think that they can create free hitters on our quarterback, and I, I am worried that two weeks isn't gonna do it I I feel like two weeks it's likely Jalen will be more physically healed so that he can beat the blitz by himself you know with his legs but moving forward we've got we've got to correct this the offense is flawed because Jalen has been so amazing well yeah and and I'll say this Sean um, to me it's the opposite of Carson in 2020 I thought Carson in 2020 because he would hold the ball 
made the offensive line look worse yeah. than they were. Yeah, you're right. I think Hurts, because he can scoot around and make people miss, makes the offensive line look better than they actually are. Yeah, and don't be lulled into a sense of complacency. This is where teams will hit us, and they will hit us harder and faster in this postseason and we're going to have to be a lot better in order to have uh, our best chance. That's inside the game. Obviously, the O-line, a real concern as Eagles move toward the playoffs. I mean, we've grown accustomed to thinking it's the best line in football, and I suppose it probably is from a run-blocking standpoint, but pass protection has been, I don't want to call it a total adventure, but it's been far less efficient than, for instance, it was at points earlier this season or at points last season. Let's go to Mike right now in Philadelphia. Hi, Mike. Mikey, Mike. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, sorry, guys. No problem, buddy. Go ahead. Hey, real quick, man. Uh, I, I wanted to uh, talk about the birds, and I, I'd rather play the Cowboys, man. We just know how they fold <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I'm betting on that stat over anything versus Tom Brady having a chance to knock us out of the playoffs after what we did to him. He's going to be pissed at Brandon Graham. So I, I, I'd rather definitely play the Cowboys. I love how there's so many different reasons why people are saying either Dallas or Tampa. Everyone, everyone's <laughs> got a different angle. Like Mike, Mike Quick's thing was, I just want to beat Dallas. Yeah, you know, yeah, like it'd be it'd be more fun to beat them. And by the way, John, I saw your face when he said that, and I think you had a look of thinking, oh, that's not, it's not a good enough reason to prefer to play Dallas and Tampa, right? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I, mean, I, I, has, I, I saw Mike your has face. A lot more history, right? And a different history. <laughs> With Dallas. You know, like when when I was playing here in Philadelphia, it wasn't Dallas. Giants. It was. Yeah, the, was Giants the Giants were good. We're, we're more yours. of a, a rival. Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway, Mike, go ahead, buddy. No, man. I, I, I wanted to dive into the uh what what the question for the day, man. Yes. And I, honestly I I I think it's Philadelphia fans, sports fans. Oh no, Listen, I'm a diehard Philadelphia sports fans, but we are the only fans that are willing to go to jail over a sports team. We will assault someone, a Cowboys fan, in front of the police. They don't care. I mean, it's just our, it, just it, our civic duty, Mike. <laughs> oh, man. But about? we're the only team that is crushing a number one seed with a bye. <laughs> Even when the Eagles had one loss, we were just annihilating well, them. We are, In no other city would that yeah, happen. We are, and Mike, appreciate that. We are a little intense. John, we are a, a tad bit intense around here. But uh, Philly sports fans, a, a joke, uh, not going to be a winning answer. <laughs> Let's talk to Charles right now. Good morning, Charles. Hey, good morning. Hey, Charles. And, um... Listen, uh, you know, well, we know Bryce Harper's going to be out for the first half of the season. You know, yeah, yeah. June, July. Um, who, who, who are they going to do as a DH? I think they should do Hoskins, but uh, who are they going to put on first base if they do that? Well, look, it's January 10th. Uh, spring training's in about six weeks, and Hoskins has not yet been traded which means he probably won't be, but he still could be. As far as the DH, look, you got a you got a mixing and matching option here. I mean, you can have your days of Schwarber and Castellanos. Um, it depends if they do the Derek Hall thing again, but feel like Derek Hall can't play the field. And then Derek Hall would have to be the DH. I would tend to think they, though, are going to say to him, yo, dude, six months, man, here's a baseball glove. Learn how to play the field. I think they're so going to add another outfielder, too, if I had to bet. 
Well, Veerling being traded means that's like point. that's yeah. almost definite. Yeah, your guy who's gonna gonna yeah. fill in those days and all that. I think Charles. I think the simple answer is there's not a simple answer. I think their objective will be to move it around. Yeah, I just, I mean, I th- I think Hoskins would would be like the top DH, you know, uh, idea. Well, maybe Schwarber. Just but- just know just know this: if Derek Call's involved, as bad as. Hoskins is at first, and he is not good defensively. I mean, they deemed Derek Hall to be worse. You know, I mean, Derek Hall was the guy DH in all those months when Bryce was out last year. You know, two months or whatever it was. Yeah. So I, I, you know, look. Obviously, they need to they they need to figure out something there. That's obvious. Charles, what do you yeah. got? What do you got on the Eagles, man? Uh. I I was I thought that if uh, the Giants beat Minnesota, the the Giants would be playing in Philly. The Giants but, will play against the Eagles if the Giants win, as long as Seattle does not win. Oh, uh, see, I did I wasn't aware of that Seattle. We're talking about the Bucks and Cowboys a lot because it's the most likely scenario. I would I would love to see the Giants come in here. Well, yeah, that'd be the easiest road. I mean, that would that would be that would be easier than Dallas and, and the Bucks. It, yeah. Cowboys. Uh, yeah, Giants would be easier than the Cowboys, but what John just said well, too, was Seattle would probably be an even easier match. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right, coming up, 215-592-9494, your opportunity to join us. A lot of conversation today centered around the Eagles, and yesterday, our show, the station, the town, was the reaction to the Eagles win Sunday against the Giants too negative. The reaction at the end of the regular season was it too negative. Or is the concern, which for some people is big concern for many as Eagles move, move toward the playoffs, is that level of concern warranted? Your thoughts, 215-592-9494. Plus up ahead, uh, what Nick Sirianni said when asked yesterday by Angelo about the Eagles not playing their best football recently, slipping, certainly to an extent. Sirianni's answer, what he said, you'll hear it next. Plus three, Hughes joins us next as well. Joe to Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP.